You're listening to Satellite Sisters. What's a Satellite Sister? The person you call when the best thing in your life happens or the worst. The person that gets you up, gets you going, and gets you through. And every once in a while, changes your mind. This podcast is part pep talk, part weekly check-in. Like grabbing coffee with a friend. Thanks for being here. Welcome to the Satellite Sisterhood. We're the Satellite Sisters. I'm Leanne Dolan here in West Hollywood. I'm a writer and producer. I live in Pasadena, California. I'm married. I have two college-age boys, a big dog, and I'm working on stuff. Liz, I'm working on stuff. And you're the youngest sister, as you like to remind everyone. I'm Liz Dolan. I am the middle sister. I am an on-again, off-again corporate executive. I'm a podcaster, and I live in Santa Monica with my little dog, Hooper. And this is Julie Dolan, the oldest sister, coming to you live from my closet in Dallas because it's quiet in my closet. I think that's important to say that's why I'm in the closet. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm an empty nester, an urban nana. I have five glorious grandchildren. Um, And I'm just happy to be with you, sisters. Okay. We uh, we have a full show, as always, today. A lot to cover here. But first, we just want to say that we're thinking all of the Satellite Sisters and Misters in the path of Hurricane Florence. That yeah. was quite a storm. I Some know. amazing stories of rescues. It looks like the waters are still rising there. So we want to thank you for checking in on the Facebook page and reaching out for any kind of support. Be in touch with us, but stay safe because that, yeah. that's yeah. not a done deal yet. So. Yeah. Those were and there's, I mean, flood, flood water, flood damage is so terrible. And to all the people that have been rescuing all those animals, uh, that hats off to them too. Right. I know. I get choked up every time I see that. I, I really do. <laughs> Even the cats. <laughs> that's that's the sign that you really, you really opened up your heart. You, that's 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 empathy with the capital E, Liz. I'm sorry, cat people. I didn't mean it the way it sounded because, of course, I don't want the cats to die. Okay, switching gears. I would like to thank everyone for their kind birthday wishes last week. I was not on the show last week. I was away, but... Leon and Julie, you had some very nice things to say about me. Thank you very much. I you're appreciate welcome, that. Liz. Yeah, you're welcome. That's not really <laughs> our style. It. It's not really our style, but no, Julie no. broke it wide open. So I had to add in a few things. It's a surprise to it me. It is possible when you're not in the room that your siblings will say <laughs> loving things about you. And for all of the posts in the Satellite Sisters Facebook group and on my personal Facebook page, I, I feel like I'm totally owning the sea turtle branding mm. now. It's clear that when people think of me... <laughs> They think of sea turtles, and I am 100% okay with that. I know. Who knew there were so many sea turtle memes <laughs> available know. on the Internet? So, so many. Fantastic. All right. We do have a full show. Let's see. What are we going to talk about today? Oh, both Julie and Liz took some memorable drives mm-hmm. this week. So we're yeah. gonna, Sketchy. Sketchy drives. Talk about that. Yes, that would be right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, there was just a blockbuster story in the L.A. Times uh, breaking open. Sp- speaking of animals, the emotional support animals on planes. Yeah. I know that's actually a topic that's broken out on the Satellite Sisters Facebook page. Right. The legitimacy versus illegitimacy of that. There were some facts on the there table. There are actual facts okay. we are going to bring to I the table. I want to talk about that. Flight yep. attendants have been polled about how they feel about this. Guess how they feel. Yeah. Okay, more to come. <laughs> All right. Uh, surprising turn in an NFL game this week. We're going to talk about that. Julie, you have some sort of sleep situation. Is you want to? No, no, no. This us? is Mark Wahlberg's schedule, okay. daily schedule. And Leon, your husband, of, oh, is very close to adopting the Mark Wahlberg daily <laughs> schedule, mm. and it it could affect your sleep. 
That, I, I can already tell you it does. So I'm in, I'm intrigued to hear about this. And then um, we have a bunch of other stuff. But the Emmys. The Liz, Emmys, yeah. You actually Last watched night, the entire production. Yeah, well, y- you bailed. Emmy for you. I, I bailed early. <laughs> I bailed Julie, early. did you watch? Yeah, I'm I'm in the bailing category. Okay. Uh, just I dipped in and dipped out. All right. Uh, and then as, as an Emmy out. voter, I feel like it's my obligation yeah. to watch. Anyway, you didn't miss anything. Ironically, but... I love TV. I don't enjoy TV award shows. So that that's You know what? Apparently nobody does, Leanne. <laughs> Ratings down ten percent from last year. Okay. But Things I did love that I saw this week. We saw a fantastic documentary, Julie, uh, produced or distributed by National Geographic called Science Fair. It is opening up Ooh, in theaters okay. across the country this week. Liz and I went yeah. to the premiere. Yes. And we're going to tell you all about More it. More on that later. Yeah. Do not miss this movie. Yeah. That's the capsule review. Right. There you go. So, Jewel, okay. what, what up? <laughs> All right. Well, I had quite an adventure uh, this past week uh, weekend. I flew to Denver uh, to visit some friends, to meet up with some friends in Steamboat, Steamboat Springs, Colorado. And so I flew to Denver and I picked up a rental car. And for some reason, I got upgraded into absurdity. You know, how I don't know if that's ever happened to you where yes. like they, they offer you a bigger car. To me, that's not a good... <laughs> No, that's generally not. But I, I got upgraded, Lynn and Liz. I they gave me a Ford Flex SEL. Oh, so those you know are what that big. Is. That's one of those low silver. Lynn, this car was so large, it could have fit your whole hip hop dance team yeah. in it. I yeah. mean, it's like a long, low bus. Yeah. Uh, but because I was on kind of a tight schedule, I didn't have, to, you know, I just didn't bother downgrading to the smaller car that I really wanted. I just like, okay, I'll take this thing. And then again, just foolishly on my part, I didn't do really a full pre-check as I was leaving the rental car lot as to, you know, I checked where the mirrors were, but that was pretty much it. I saw that there was gas and I was on. Mm -hmm. I didn't really, I didn't program anything. I just, I just headed out. So I headed up to Steamboat. It's a three hour drive. The last 80 miles of it are on a two lane highway, Highway 40. Um, And unbeknownst to me, there was a very large forest fire very close to Highway 40. This oh. was a forest fire that had started earlier this summer by lightning. Uh, they thought they had the fire out. And just this past week, because they've had such hot, dry, windy conditions, the fire had all sort of you know, reengaged and now was an 11,000-acre fire that was burning alongside the road, the um, uh, Highway 40. And... And, and smoke was on Highway 40. It was very smoky driving up. They had emergency signs out that said, you know, do not call 911, which I guess means they know there's a fire. So right. they didn't want a lot of unnecessary calls. And they also had a sign that said, do not stop. They had those along the way. You know, so, to, you know, we're just a single line of traffic, do not stop. And you know, I had the luck. I was right, uh, right behind me was a Colorado state trooper. Okay. And I just kept thinking, well, he's going to pass me in my hip hop van at any moment, but he didn't, he just <laughs> stayed back there. And as I came you up over what? rabbit you're, ears, you're not a very confident not a great, driver. You're not a confident driver. I mean, you're not a, you know, driving is not your thing. Yeah. You know, I don't think I, you've I ever, mean, I had two hands on the wheel. This was, yeah. a, this was sort of, I mean, it is, you know, it's a very curvy road to begin with. 
And now with the, with the fire, the yeah. sort of very unexpected forest fire. Yeah. You know, I didn't know if there was ash that was going to be uh, uh, coming across. There were there was emergency equipment. There are a lot of big trucks, you know, giant construction trucks That's on this. That's scary. Yeah. So, so two hands on the wheel the whole yeah. way up. But I realized that I needed to put on my headlights because it was getting dark from the smoke. Oh, so, yeah. Okay, so you see what happens yeah, now. So yeah. I have a wonder wand on this Ford Flex, and I'm just assuming that the headlights are somewhere on that. So I just start turning and pressing <laughs> buttons on this wonder wand. And all I get is... High-speed windshield wipers, yeah. both in front and in back. Sure, sure. Which now I you can't just, turn off. You I, can't turn them off now because that requires I actually cannot, precision. That's yeah. exactly you have to take one hand off the I wheel. Can, <laughs> I, no, I couldn't do that. I couldn't look down carefully to find where the lights were. I just, and I kept trying to turn off the high-speed lights. And again, I've got the Colorado straight, State Trooper behind yeah. me. And I'm sure he can see, like, I'm a single middle-aged woman in the giant hip-hop van <laughs> what you know with wildly uh, going windshield wipers so but i could not and you stop, can't stop. right pull, they said no stopping over yeah. to find the lights to turn off the windshield wipers so i had 20 minutes of sheer terror as i am driving this car which is high speed windshield wipers on <laughs> I managed to get them on like pause. Oh, where, good. Like, I, thought, oh, good. Yeah. I, I got it off. I got it <laughs> off. And then it would all start up again. Yeah. And so that again, wildly just pressing buttons, turning, cranking it, pushing it in and out. So I just, I guess my big question to you, is that a moving violation, er, you know, erratic use of windshield wipers? Luckily for you, I don't think you get pulled over for that. No. And uh, that's not against the law. But having your lights on when it's dark, that that is the law. Yeah. So did you ever find Did the you lights? ever find the lights? Never. No, not until I stopped in Steamboat Springs. Really? Never. No, they weren't on the Wonder One. Yeah. They were on like a... They were on the dashboard, as anyone knows who has a Ford Flex or anyone who would like obviously check that before they leave the um, rental car. Place. Yeah, I do do so. a little bit of checking. Yeah, it's hard. Rental cars, you almost forget how to drive behind the. It's not just that you don't know where anything is. You I also think that's forget true. Rules of the road like, oh, shoot, that was a stop sign. You know, oh, so. Okay. So, I mean, the fire, I just checked, the fire is is still is stubborn. It is not out. It's over 11,000 acres. Uh, there's some, you know, hardworking firefighters that are out there trying to get this fire out. But the hot, dry, windy conditions continue in that section of Colorado. So hopefully they'll be able to get uh, some containment on that. Yeah, I'm sure they weren't helped by your windshield wiper fanning <laughs> the flames. The, the butterfly effect. It was effect. so bad. It was, I wanted to laugh, but I was like, this is, this is so bad. It was just like, laugh. I was a crazy lady in the hip-hop Ford Flex fan. There I was. Hey, it's Liz and Leanne here, and we want to thank Pros for supporting this episode of Satellite Sisters. Now, you know, Liz, I've been out and about with my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical. Mm -hmm. The book is getting rave reviews. I'm very happy. But you know what else is getting rave reviews? My hair, Liz. My hair from Pros is getting <laughs> rave reviews. Leanne, I am not surprised. You have been on that Pros hair regimen for quite a while. I mean, you have good hair anyway, but now you have great hair because you've really paid attention to it. Well, Liz, pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do. 
from their in-depth consultation to their made-to-order model. And you know what? I love the regimen they have me on. I, do I take the hair vitamins every day? Yes, I do. Do I use my shampoo and conditioner made especially for Lee and Dolan? Yes, I do. Do I sometimes use the leave-in conditioner when I, my hair's really dry? I do. And I even have a pre-scalp thing that they give me. Okay, pros, you, you're the boss. I'll take it. <laughs> you tell me what my hair needs. That sounds good. And here's the thing. It's personalization, Liz. For yeah. millions of possible formulas, only one is uniquely Lian's. Okay? And I'm I'm using it. Pros mm -hmm. isn't just better for you. It's also better for the planet, Liz. They're a certified B Corp, cruelty-free, and the first and only carbon-neutral custom beauty brand. So, pros, we love you. I love the photos of my hair. Couldn't be happier. <laughs> photos of your hair. There are people in the photos, too. That's the thing about a book tour. Everybody yeah. has their picture taken with Leon and then post it. So yeah. the hair is important. <laughs> Couldn't be happier, pros. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin. They're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash sisters. So you get your free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash sisters. And pros is spelled P-R-O-S-E, pros.com slash sisters. Thanks, pros. Liz, you know we love talking about Framebridge, don't we? We do. <laughs> because, because there are just so many fun things to frame, Leon, aren't there? Right. Anything. You can just upload a digital photo from your phone and they can print it and frame it. And that is a gift right there, a gift people would love getting. But Liz, you recently had quite an exciting Framebridge experience. Would I, I you did. like to share? Would you like you know, to? I talked about how when we were at the Bruce Springsteen concert, I was with our brother Dick, his wife Susan, his two kids, and one of the roadies threw us the set list at the end of the show, which was amazing to get the actual set list for the actual concert in Los Angeles. And we're like, oh, yeah, any day now, that's going to be in a place of honor in their home. Sure enough, Leon, they have already frame-bridged it and sent it to us with a picture. So I'll be in Bend next week, so I'll get to see it. But it's just excellent use of the frame-bridge resources, the Bruce Springsteen set list. Fantastic. And this is gift giving season. So if you have a graduation coming up, a wedding, a shower, Mother's Day, Father's Day, look around. I'm sure you have something fun you can frame and Framebridge can do it for you. It's easy and it's affordable to frame just about anything. You get fair and transparent upfront pricing based on the size of your item. There's a great selection of frames. And as we've said in the past, fast service, free shipping, great for gifts. Mm -hmm. And guess what? Liz, not many things in life give you a happiness guarantee, but Framebridge does. If you're not 100% happy with your piece, they will make it right. So if this but sounds like- you are like... going to be happy, okay? Yeah. And that's just the Satellite Sisters promise. You're going to be out. You're going to be happy you did it. See why Framebridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million pieces. Visit framebridge.com or see a local Framebridge store to get started and custom frame just about anything, like a Bruce Springsteen set list. That's framebridge.com. Thanks, Framebridge. All right. Well, I was in Portland, Oregon last week on Tuesday. Uh, as you explained, that's why I was not on the show. In the morning, I was staying with my friend Nancy. And, but in the morning, I was going over to an appointment. She lives in northwest Portland. I was going to an appointment in southwest Portland. And I didn't bother to rent a car because I was only there for a day, and I was mainly with friends. So I thought, you know, I'll just call a lift. 
And Nancy and I had a long conversation about it. And she's like, how come you use Lyft instead of Uber? I'm like, well, I disapprove of Uber. So it's the, you know, the boycott of one versus Uber. And all the drivers are the same anyway. So you might as well just choose Lyft. And so we had that whole conversation. Then boom. And she's, her house is kind of up in the middle of nowhere. So I thought it's going to take forever for our car to show up. And no, boom, five minutes away, there's like, there's a guy. So I hit accept drive. The, The guy turns up. Well, first of all, he's in a pickup truck. Mm-hmm. So that's okay. Yeah. But it, obviously, you can't sit in the back seat, right? Right. So then it's you're, the spirit no. of ride sharing. It which is, is why I don't do it. But okay. <laughs> I, I know. mean, that's the whole spirit. Like, I come know. on, we're all in this together. I yeah. know. Jump in, Liz. Yep. Just jump right in. I know that's I mean, why you could have gotten go- in the bed, I guess, back <laughs> if you wanted to. So I get in, and it's super friendly, Bob. Could not have been nicer, Bob. So we start chatting, and it becomes clear after about five minutes, this is his first day ever as oh. a Lyft driver. Oh, wow. He's yes. psyched. He's super psyched. Because he's, he's thinking, because here's, here's his, I heard about his whole career. He was a milkman. Mm-hmm. And he said, so I'm really good at finding addresses. Yeah. Because you would be, right? Yeah. If you've been, you spent your whole career delivering milk. And then he said, I retired from that a few years ago. And I've been working uh, pumping gas. Because as you know, if you've ever been to Oregon, it's like the only state left where you're not allowed to pump your own gas. It's the best. Which is one of the many things I love about the state of Oregon. Yep. So he was working in a gas station. But last week, he fell down the stairs. And and so he couldn't really stand up all day on the job. Ooh. So because he's right, this is the a first, lot of information. This is all. This is the sharing economy. Yeah, <laughs> he's sharing. He, he's goes into the spirit. Liz. He was yes. totally into the spirit. So yeah. So he was. His son drove for Uber, and he seemed to be making a few bucks that way. So we thought, you know, this would be a good way to do it. He's sixty-six years old. Wants to supplement his uh, uh, social security a little bit. Again, I heard the whole the financial plan, the <laughs> the, the, the whole right. thing. And but I'm kind of. I must have been giving him some looks like. Eyes on the road, Bob. Eyes on the road. I know. Because at one point he said to me, is my driving making you nervous? (laughs) Okay, so one of the advantages to being in the back seat is also they cannot see that their driving is making you nervous. Right. But when you're in the front seat, when you're in the passenger side, and I wanted to say, Bob, if you have to ask me that, the answer is yes. It was more just... (laughs) He he doesn't really live in Portland. He lives like 30 miles outside of town. So he was unfamiliar with yes, the road. Again, this is all part of They're not good drivers. They're in places they don't know. They're constantly looking at their phones. Yes. Yes. Like, it was all of the above. Yeah. So, okay. So they, check, 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 check. So he said, is my driving making you nervous? I'm like, well, you know, it's just... Uh, um, I, you, you can't say yes. But, so I sort of, you know, hemmed and hawed on that. And we we changed subjects. Because then he could drive off a road. <laughs> you don't know. You go, well, now I'm going to make you really nervous. <laughs> <laughs> no. So then he started to tell me more about himself because, you know, mm. again, sharing. We're sharing and caring now in the sharing economy. But the the drive got immeasurably immeasurably better at this moment because he told me how he was uh, him versus the raccoons at his home in Forest Grove. Oh, so I heard whoa. a very lengthy story about how to beat the raccoons at their own oh, game. It's a big deal in Portland. Yes. There are a lot of, <laughs> a lot got of a, aggressive. Got a lot of, uh, and Liz, you've lost. I've lost. Right. I had a whole you, raccoon you situation in your house in yep. Portland, Oregon. That yeah. is correct, Julie, which is why I was fascinated when he told me that the best way to trap a raccoon 
pork and beans. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Yep. You put the, he's, cause he's got the raccoons under the front deck. You put the traps down there. You put the pork and beans in there. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, they, they find pork and beans irresistible, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> so it was, I was really getting into the tale of the trapping of the raccoons when we pulled up in front of the, the house where I was going. I was kind of disappointed not, not to get the whole thing. So <laughs> first half of the drive, like, terrifying and <laughs> maybe not the best second half of the drive he more than made up for it because how would i have ever known uh the pork and About beans track no yeah so what did you rate bob when you after after the drive list julie that's so interesting because it is kind of a moral dilemma you know um it was his <laughs> focus i was, you think other people are not going to enjoy bob as much as you did i was his second customer ever <laughs> right ever so you can't really ding someone their no. first day out, or at right. least I can't. So, yeah, I gave him five stars Yeah, because okay. I think he really redeemed himself with the pork and beans yeah. detail. You know, that if, if, it had, if I had been grading him just on driving, it probably would have been a three. <laughs> but because... And what do you think he graded you, Liz? Because you were giving him some shifty eyes there. Yeah. But I was asking a lot of follow-up questions on the raccoons. So I think he could tell that it was highly engaging. Anyway, with the overall experience, I would say it was a five-star. Just the driving transpo <laughs> part of it, uh, probably three. Okay. But first day on the job, I wish you well, Bob. Like, go get him. It was good. So uh, anyway, I got there safely and it all worked out. But then the other thing I did last week was, as I posted in the Facebook group, I was the moderator of the keynote panel at a big, there was a big world congress here in uh, Los Angeles about um, mobile technology, which, as you know, I'm an expert on, (laughs) (laughs) which is totally not true. But I quickly became an expert on it because I had to moderate this whole panel on it. But then afterwards, I wandered around the mobile technology uh, conference to see maybe I could learn something, right? Right. And really the only thing... How to turn on the lights in the Ford Flex? Did you just find that out for me, Liz? Yeah. I realized the only thing in the whole mobile world congress that i understood julie were the booths that sold phone cases everything (laughs) everything else your networking equipment your 5g whatever uh but i did go to a presentation that was on uh autonomous cars Mm -hmm. because everybody has to talk about autonomous cars all the time now and i was thinking about bob like what's going to happen to bob when the autonomous cars kick in like bob and a lot of other people you're going to, yeah, whatever. I can't, I can't worry about Bob. You can't, you yeah. really can't worry about Bob. No. So now I'm worried about me because I realized here was the fatal flaw in autonomous cars that became obvious to me in the presentation. They would, this was a whole economic evaluation of owning your own car versus autonomous cars versus an economy where it's complete shared autonomous cars. And on a purely economic point of view, obviously, Sharing cars makes a lot of sense. The average person, your car Mm -hmm. is not moving 90% of the time. So once they do all the, you know, econometrics on what that really means, yeah, we should be sharing cars. But here's the deal. Like, that means every time you get in a car and you get to where you're going, you get out of the car. So where does all your stuff go? Like when you're me, Liz, you're you are so cooked because the I know. back of your car. We have that's talked, a storage unit. It you. is. It is my car. Is sort of the roving satellite sisters mailroom production office. I have a lot of 
important materials yeah. that, I, that I keep stored in my car. In fact, Julie, that book that I told, the, the new book by Sonia Sotomayor, which is like yeah. a, a YA book, in the car. Right. It's in the car right now. So, like, if I'm never able to leave anything in my car yeah. again, am I going to be happy? Even if it's a flying car. Then it's like... <laughs> It just you got a lot to worry about, Liz. It hadn't dawned okay. on me that you like, just got to you got to you got to do what everybody else in America do, does, Liz. You got to buy yourself, get yourself, rent a, a storage locker. That's, <laughs> but then two, it's not okay? accessible, Julie. The key to the car is that it's all right there wherever I am. Anyway, autonomous cars. I'm sorry. I'm just predicting now. It's never going to work. <laughs> Okay. I thought you were going to say get a roller bag and just carry everything around with you, which is something else people in. Liz and Leanne here, and we are so grateful to have Osea support Satellite Sisters. Why? Because it's just a great product. Holy cow, do we, we love Osea's skin and body care. And you know what? This Mother's Day, just look no further than Osea. Spoil the moms in your life with the little luxuries from Osea. The moms, the stepmoms, the bonus moms, the people who bring a touch of something special to your life aunts, grandmothers, they would love a little Osea this Mother's Day. And you can get 10% off your first order by using our code SATSISTERS at OseaMalibu.com. And Liz, you know what every mother and mother figure needs? What? More moisture, Liz. They need more moisture in their skin. <laughs> in no their kidding. Skin. I mean, really, the creams, the lotions, the oils, I love it all. That duo they have going. Oh. Like, you can't miss with the duo of Osea. Liz, the mega moisture duo, yes. you can you can literally see your skin get firmer and it just delivers this full body glow. OK, you know, we have raved about the Andaria algae body oil. Mm -hmm. Well, pair that with the Andaria collagen body oil. Youthful, yeah. Liz, a youthful yeah. glow is going to happen. <laughs> and it's infused with Osea's signature Andaria seaweed. So it just smells so delicious, doesn't it? I know you're talking about giving it as a gift. I also suggest just giving it to yourself <laughs> because you're worth it. <laughs> that's, that's true. That is absolutely true. Okay, that moisture duo I mentioned too is a great value because you can save 16% plus the extra 10% with our code Sad Sisters. So this is it. This is a win-win-win Mother's Day gift. Spoil the moms in your life with clean vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with the code SATSISTERS at oseamalibu.com. And you get free samples in every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Osea is spelled O-S-E-A. So head on over to oseamalibu.com and use code SATSISTERS for 10% off. Thanks, Osea. No. Liz, summer is coming up and you know what that means? It means you're grilling. You're grilling and chilling sure. there yes. with, your, with your butcher box. What, what do you got going on the grill this summer? Well, you know, here's the thing. Because I'm going to be up in, in Bend for part of the summer, yeah. I'm having my box sent there, Leanne. That's I mean, great. Go on vacation with your butcher box is what, uh, what, what I'm recommending. Yeah, either way, you're just going to buy meat and fish and stuff when you get there. Why do that? Anyway, you, I love their steaks. I love their scallops. The scallops are really good. And the chicken thighs, all good. I'm ready. That's right. ButcherBox gives you peace of mind and easy-to-find high-quality meat and seafood you can trust. It's 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork that's raised crate-free, and wild-caught seafood. 
no antibiotics or added hormones. And as Liz said, delivered right to your doorstep. And you can customize that delivery plan, Liz, right? Because yeah. it can go wherever you want it to go, whenever you want it to go. If you want to delay it a week, you know, speed it up a week, you just go to your ButcherBox account and you can make that all happen. It's so easy to manage online. Yeah. And if you're like Liz, you can take your ButcherBox on vacation, which is... <laughs> That's nice. That's nice. <laughs> nice to have something familiar there. <laughs> yes. So if you want to take your meat on vacation, sign up at butcherbox.com slash sisters and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional 20% off. So you can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash sisters and use code sisters to choose your free for year offer. Plus get $20 off your first order. Thanks, ButcherBox. Oh, I know. It's like having a backpack, which in my 20s, when I lived in New York City, you just wore a backpack all the time because you were walking to work. Yeah, I'm kind of over that. It's like the way, whatever. I'm certainly not going to clean up my act. So (laughs) I don't know. Just, I don't know what okay. I'm going to do about this. Okay, you hear Bob. that, car companies? Liz is not cleaning up her app, so you, you better solve that problem. <laughs> yes. I think I'm going to have to then order a drone to follow me around with all my stuff, right? That was the only thing I could think of. <laughs> I hope. Did you say this during the panel? <laughs> no. I was taking okay. notes, though, Julie, to myself because it was a revelation. <laughs> We would like to thank a couple of sponsors for this week's Satellite Sisters podcast. We're back. Uh, we have a couple of news stories we want to cover today on the show. Um, first off, I don't know if you guys saw this story this weekend. I, I saw the headline on Sunday, and I literally started laughing because I was like, well, that just explains the state of affairs, <laughs> that an NFL player retired at halftime. Really? He showed up. I, the- I saw that headline. I couldn't understand it. <laughs> I'm going to break it down for you. I just okay. thought, wow, the bills are really bad. It's like <laughs> your players are just bailing at halftime. <laughs> so Vontae Davis is a nearly 10-year veteran of the NFL quarterback. Mm-hmm. He recently signed with the bills. I think he played like a half a season last year. It's only the second game of the season. The Bills were down, you know, 20 to 6 or something at halftime to the Chargers. He walked off the field at halftime and walked right out of the stadium. You're kidding. He just decided that was it. And he (laughs) did not come back for the second half. Did he tell his teammates like, hey, um, you know, uh, I'm not coming back? I think he told a couple of people as he was literally walking out the door because, you know, he played. So people were like, hey, (laughs) where are you going? Oh, he retired. (laughs) And not just like retired from the like retired from football. Really? It wasn't just the game and like cannot play in the second half. Nope. And you have to say that's a bold move. I mean, you know, and you also have to remember like. It's not like he was part of a battalion and he walked out of a battle, okay? It's just football. It's Mm -hmm. just a game. Yeah. So, and there were a lot of jokes, of course, Buffalo, they've been bad for a while. So, of course, he left, or the town of Buffalo, which I hear is very nice. So, I'm not going to make that joke about the town of Buffalo. It's too easy, yeah. But I thought his statement was interesting. He just said, basically, he looked around, he was out there on the field, and he just said, I'm not feeling it anymore. I'm not... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he, lost, he lost the will to play. He right? did. He did. And you know what? That you kind of have to respect because he said, you know, I, I've been in this league for 10 years. But today on the field, it really hit me fast and hard. I shouldn't be out here anymore. <laughs> and haven't we all felt like that at some point? And many jobs. Yes. I have felt that yes. way. 
Or how but about, Liz, okay, you're, you know, you're the work workplace expert. Yes, uh, I'm safe for what work. What about this sort of sudden retirement? Uh, <laughs> do you think it's a good idea? Um, I think you owe your teammates a little bit of a warning, but I do like, it's, it's entertainment, right? Football, right? right? Yeah. That's, it's supposed to be entertainment. So that's an entertaining way to go. It like, is. that is going out with a bang. It's sort of like the JetBlue flight attendant who said goodbye and then pulled the slide. <laughs> Boom, yes, you're out. That was... Now that I disagreed with because airline travel is not entertainment, right? Right. right. Football yeah. is entertainment. So I'd be willing to go with that. Right. Assuming there's another quarterback on the field. Yeah. I mean, cornerback. Oh, cornerback. No, he's not cornerback. even the quarterback. Oh, okay. He's the quarterback. I thought, I thought, wow, no. the quarterback? Oh, no, no. cornerback. Cornerback. Okay. So he's, and he said in his statement, I, I meant no disrespect to my teammates and coaches, but I hold myself to a standard. Mentally, I always expect myself to play at a high level, but physically... I know totally that is impossible anymore. And I had an honest moment with myself while I was on the field. I just didn't feel right. And I told the well, coaches, I'm not feeling like myself. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you have to, I mean, it is the NFL. Like if you NFL. didn't feel right, right, you could get, you could really get hurt. seriously yes. injured. Yes. Right. Yeah. And I that's, mean, that's what he said. I also wondered, do I want to keep sacrificing? So apparently not. No. <laughs> It's a moment of clarity. So he's uh, so they're not going to retire his number or <laughs> give him a gold watch or anything like that. <laughs> he's at peace with the decision, Julie. He said, okay. "I know it's overwhelming, but I'm at peace with the decision." And I just thought that was sort of an extraordinary revelation to have mid-game. Uh-huh. You know, we've all had that like mid-social event. Like, I want to get out of here. <laughs> I'm just oh, not, yeah. feeling, like, like, not feeling it. You know. You know, the Irish goodbye, like, oh, yeah. okay, all right, well, they haven't cut the cake at the wedding, but we're out of here. <laughs> so well, I just thought it was unbelievable. Okay. So again, don't do it if you're a surgeon, like yes. if you're in the middle of open heart surgery, <laughs> right. try to stick it out. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, if you walk into your shift at Walmart and you're not feeling it, you're done. <laughs> it's time to go. <laughs> Nothing but respect for Vontae Davis. I got to give okay. it to him. Okay. Leon, thanks for that story. Leon, I have a story this week, and it made me think of your husband, because I know he's an early riser, but Hollywood star and two-time Academy Award nominee Mark Wahlberg, they, uh, uh, page six, uh, recently published his daily schedule. It's kind of interesting. I thought I'd share it with you, too. Uh, he gets up at 2.30 in the morning. That's his wake-up time. So uh, he spends about 15 minutes doing a little prayer. 3.15, he has his first breakfast. Take note of that, sister. There's sisters, there's some good meals coming up. Then from 3.40 to 5.15, he does his first workout for the day. 5.30, he has a little post-workout meal. Mm-hmm. So by 5.30 in the morning, he's had two breakfasts. So that's working out. He does a shower, and then he plays a round of golf at 7 in the morning. Uh, and then uh, 9.30... He's back and he's in the, oh, oh, eight, oh, excuse me, right before nine, he has another snack. Okay, so two breakfasts, a snack. Then he jumps in the cryo chamber. Cryo? Cryo, cryo. <laughs> Whatever that thing is, mm-hmm. Liz. That's what he's in. He jumps in there. And that apparently makes him hungry, too, because he has a snack after that. By 11 a.m., he's ready for family time. Now he's gotten up at 2.30, but apparently he's not seen his family before 11. So family, 11... To about one o'clock. That's family time meetings. And doesn't he have a really you know, big family? He, I think he has a lot of kids. I think. He has a lot of kids. Yeah, yeah, uh, he he's a big, big movie star, so he has to take some meetings. But he gets, <laughs> that works up in, uh, his his appetite, and he has lunch at one o'clock. 
Then a few more meetings. And apparently at three, he does, he picks the kids up from school. That's exhausting. Works up an appetite and has another snack <laughs> at 3.30. But then at four, does a second workout. Uh, and then after the workout, it's a shower, a little dinner, and then he's in bed by 7.30 at night. So he gets up at 2.30 in the morning and he goes to bed by 7.30 at night. Hmm. So, Lynn, I, I just thought that, you know, your husband, he's not yeah. that far off. He, schedule. he is not. No, he routinely gets up at 4 a.m. and runs. Uh-huh. So, and then goes to work. But my husband, like, works for 14 hours then a day. <laughs> he doesn't work out for 14 hours a day. Right. So, so that's a little different. Yeah. I, I mean, I and then the he's, very about- he's very tired. He's very tired. At, like, there are days when, like, 7.30 at night, he's he's closing his eyes on the couch. I mean, uh-huh. it's not really that sustainable. I don't know why Mark Wahlberg would have to wake up at 2.30. Like, couldn't he shift everything over? Seems like he's leaving his wife. With a lot of burden, yeah. his spouse, you know. That seems like the goal to me. Children, Why else would you be doing that? I don't know. I mean, you, children aren't awake from 2.30 to 7. So, right. But they are awake well, from 7.30. I have heard from an anonymous source that he likes to play golf at 7 in the morning because his wife doesn't like him to play golf. And so he wants, he has to get the golf in before the kids wake up in the morning. But an, I think they an would anonymous source, an anonymous source. Is that on page six? I also? have an anonymous source. I actually, that is a fact I'm bringing to, to it. Okay. I heard that, Leanne. I no. have, I have a, anyway, but it is, I think the good news about this schedule, you got a lot of snacks, a yes. lot of meals, uh-huh. you know, Yeah. but and uh, I guess if you're, you're a big time movie star like him, how you look is a very important part of your job. So I get a certain right. amount of that. Yeah. I just don't know why you have to do it at 3 I don't in the morning. Know. <laughs> but there are others like uh, I was uh, reading that Apple CEO Tim Cook, he gets up at 3.45 routinely yeah. to work. Mm-hmm. Bob Iger, um, he schedules a workout at 4.25 in the morning, which seems seems wrong. But I don't know if you just because you get up this early, if it makes you more productive or are you getting up this early to impress others with, Mm -hmm. you know, sending out emails and stuff? It seems to me you have to be concerned about the lack of sleep, you know? Right. I mean, my husband gets up that early because it's stress. Like he's, you know, his brain is working and he has a job where he's in management and he's stressed. So I don't think it's actually that healthy. And then Mm -hmm. he'll always say to me. Why, why did you get up so early? I was like, because you got up at four and you're you're not stealth man. Like you make noise. So, yeah, I got up at 445, which mm-hmm. I don't really want to get up. I have no need to get up at 445. So, yeah, I, I, don't, I wonder if it's a little bit of a power play. Like I need so little sleep. But if you go to bed at 730 and sleep till 230, you're actually getting seven hours of sleep. Right. So, you know, Mark Wahlberg doesn't but, have that. But, like it, but it does schedule. eliminate all other social activities yes. or even more. It's, you know, more limited time from his with his kids. Yeah, but right. We're right. not judging that. I'm just saying it was a little, little odd. That's all. But uh, it's I'm pro it's, snacking, it's a movie star, star lifestyle. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there are people who legit on the West Coast have to get up at that hour because they do East Coast. They work on sure. East Coast hours. Mm-hmm. That is completely. I and, often had to do that working right. here in Los Angeles because everyone I worked with was in Europe or Latin America. So they'd be like eight hours or five hours ahead of me. So I would get up very early. Right. But it certainly was not by choice. Like right. the moment I didn't have to do that anymore, I've like full on stopped doing that. Yeah. Uh, and a friend of mine's husband runs like a, he's a produce guy. 
Yeah. So he's down at the market. So again, he sleeps from like 7.30 to 2.30, but then he works 10 hours. Yes. Right. <laughs> he doesn't work out and snack for the bulk of that time. Well, part of this is there are, you know, it's what they call the larks and the owls, right, Jewel? Yes. Like there are people yes. that naturally wake up early, early, and there are people that naturally stay up late. So I can understand that. I guess if that's his biorhythm, it just seems... Yeah. Family unfriendly. It seems extreme. It seems <laughs> yeah. very, pretty extreme. Yeah. And the lack of sleep does take a huge toll on your health and your cognitive ability. Yeah. yeah. I mean, researchers say that if you're low energy, you're you're not at your best, and that's when bad things happen. Yeah. So, but he's not doing he's anything. Not doing so there's that. nothing bad that can yeah. happen. It's not like he's operating heavy equipment. <laughs> you know, the snack he machine. Might, he might shank his drive or something. It's just there's no risk there. Okay, let's move on to a like more real life or death situation where safety really does matter, and that is in the the friendly skies. Um, we've talked before about what seems to be like ongoing. Um, you know, kind of sneaking pets onto planes under the guise of they are your emotional support pet and people just exploiting their ability to do that when really what they're doing is just taking their dog on vacation. And uh, so the uh, the Association of Flight Attendants, which represents nearly 50,000 members at 20 airlines, did a survey about how flight attendants feel about pets in the cabin. And um, and if there are any particular problems caused by emotional support animals uh, that are not being properly dealt with. And you won't be surprised to know that nearly two thirds of flight attendants surveyed say they have seen disruptions in the cabin of commercial flights caused by passengers traveling with so-called emotional support animals. Now, I completely understand why people travel with service animals like legit trained yes. service animals. Yeah. And I also believe they're plenty of people that need legit emotional support um, pets. Absolutely. Like, I get that. I'm not. But when you look around on a plane and you see all the poorly behaved animals, like, roaming the aisles now, those, I'm sorry, those, they cannot all be legit emotional support animals. And apparently flight attendants agree with me. One flight attendant recalled a passenger lining the cabin floor with training pads to absorb her support animals, urine and fecal matter. Well, come on. I, really? I know. I, I don't. Isn't I don't, there some minimum level of training required? Yeah, I don't get um, it. So 82% of flight I attendants. I feel so sorry for those flight attendants. They are dealing with so much anyway to have now this whole new layer of, yeah. you know, practically wild animals on the plane. I mean, you don't just, they are not, I think your point, Liz, that not all of these dogs are trained yeah. or well-behaved is a key point. I mean, they're, they're not like service animals, you know? Yeah. So 62% of flight attendants reported working a flight during which an emotional support animal caused a disruption in the cabin. 53% of the disruptions included aggressive or threatening behavior by the animal, including snapping at the flight attendants. Again, like, leave the flight attendants alone. <laughs> yes. Uh, There's no <laughs> snapping at flight attendants. 43, 43% of the disruptions include animals failing to fit under a seat or on top of a passenger, roaming the cabin or barking throughout the flight. Can you imagine? So that it's just it's just wrong. And I think this is more than anything else, like a moral issue on the part of the people that are scamming their pets into the cabin. I just like 
Come on, people. It's on you. I'm with you, Julie. Flight attendants, on top of everything else they are being asked to do, I know we have listeners who are flight attendants, and my heart goes out to you. It is a super hard job, getting harder every day in the current airline environment. The fact that you also have to be like an animal trainer, like a ringmaster, like they shouldn't be asked to judge whether a pet is legitimately there or not. But people should not push the limits on this. So as much as I would like to just buy a seat for Hooper and take him with me when I go somewhere instead of, say, driving all the way to Oregon, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to pretend. Buy him some fake vest. You see those fake vests people make where they, like, have hand-lettered, you know, service animal onto something they bought at Petco. I'm sorry. So I think it's... I think it's on you, people. I think you really need to look yourself in the mirror and ask, do you want to make it harder for people that have a legit need for trained service animals and a legit need for emotional support animals to actually be able to travel with those pets? It's on you. It it is sort of the equivalent of parking in a handicap. Yeah. I think it really is the same thing. Like, is that really the person you are? Yes. Right. (laughs) And I have. Ask yourself that. Yes. And I am. Yeah, I'm not that person. Right. For as tempting as it may be, because it is more convenient, like, like bringing your dog is more convenient than driving. But no, no. Okay, just putting it out there. If anyone... Yeah, it's being considerate to other people. That's yeah. basically what it is. It's yeah. very inconsiderate to the flight attendants, to the other passengers. Yep. Forget about all the people that are allergic to dogs on the planes. Right? Oh, yeah. We and won't that, even yeah, get right. into that. That's... But just actually taking the rights away from the people that actually need their pets. That's my, let's, let's not do that, okay? Let's not make it harder for them. Um, just a side note on bizarre allergies. A friend of mine is really allergic to shellfish. Uh-huh. She was on a plane where someone had live lobsters in the overhead above her. And really? she started to go into anaphylactic shock. She was oh, like, where? Wow. I mean, that's how sensitive she was. And they had to, they had to land the plane. Oh, the live dear. lobsters in the overhead were literally going to kill her. Okay. I mean, that's... and I would not have thought of right. that. You wouldn't think of it's like... It's not like an emotional support lobster. No. You're they weren't. You're going to kill it. Yes. You're going to get to California, and you're going to put it in water, and you're going to kill it. Yeah. So, yeah. No, she was like, wow. someone has shellfish. And finally, the guy in front of her was like, oh, you mean the live lobsters I have in the overhead above you? Oh, but I would have yeah. thought that would be allowed. So, yeah, that's a new one on me. Right. That's... You know, it's not like he was pretending they were. No, no. I mean, they're yeah. sell them in the airport. Yeah. So you think you could put them on the plane, but it's just a bizarre. You mentioned you mentioned yeah. people in it. So anyway, just t- tossing that out there. As long as we're talking about animals on planes. Okay. Yeah. All right. We would like to thank a couple of sponsors. We are back. We're the Satellite Sisters. I want to remind you about our um, our book club pick. We're going to talk to Maureen Cavanaugh at the end of October. Her book is a memoir called If You Love Me, and it's her story of, of a mom who is helping her daughter through an opioid addiction. And it's not even helping her daughter. It's like surviving through an opioid addiction in the family. It's in the headlines every day. This is one mom's personal story. I think it's a really powerfully written memoir. I picked it up and couldn't put it down this summer. So we're looking forward to talking to Maureen about what she's been through. We know there are members of the Satellite Sisterhood that have been through this, too. Mm -hmm. So we encourage you to read along with us. If You Love Me is the book by Maureen Cavanaugh. 
and we will be speaking to her at the end of October. So we have the link in our show notes, but also if you're looking for more information on the book, if you go to SatelliteSisters.com, we'll have a post there about uh, about the book and how you can order it. Yeah, once we get closer to the date, we'll put a post up on our Facebook group, and so you can interact and ask your own questions. So when we talk to Maureen on October 30th, uh, if there's anything you want to mention, we can pass that along to her. Okay, now... We're talking about movies, right? right? Right. Entertaining sisters here. And Liz, you and I went to see a fantastic documentary this weekend. I'd like to thank you for inviting us to what turned out to be the premiere. Yes, it was. Of Science Fair. Yes. Right. Because it's a National Geographic documentary. They acquired this movie and they're distributing it. Julie, I just got to say, take all of your grandchildren. We'll get okay. into the details really? why. <laughs> but this is, so Science Fair is the name of a movie and it's a documentary about kids all over the world competing in what is the international science fair. But it is so hilariously funny and charming, don't you think? Uh, absolutely. You know, one of the reviews said, Julie, it's like a Christopher Guest movie, except they're real people. Uh-huh. So it's like a mockumentary, but it's a, it's a documentary. So these are kids from all over the world, nerd kids. They've cooked up these experiments. They go to this international science fair, and the documentarians, the director, uh, Christina Costantini and Darren Foster, they're directors and producers, they follow these kids for like a year um, to this fantastic science Uh science fair. And I I just thought it was absolutely delightful. And, of course, it reminded me, I was just going to remind listeners, if you're new, like, in 2015, my son Colin qualified for the world championships in robotics. Okay. I had forgotten about that. You know, Lee, and that was momentous. Where did, didn't you go to Tennessee for that? We went to Lexington, Kentucky, Julie. Oh, okay. And you know what I loved about this documentary and what I loved about robotics is it immerses you in a whole nother world that is not the world of high school that you remember. Yeah. It's not football games or theater. Like we've seen a lot of movies about that stuff. These are like, truly the kids that have no one else to talk to you know they're the smart nerds that people are afraid of and don't don't really relate to and this is their world this Mm -hmm. is their subset and when you walk in you're like oh my gosh they have all found their people it's Mm -hmm. incredible it's incredible so for my son they had a scrappy little robotics team at his high school it was new they they qualified for regionals they qualified at the state level in california they went to lexington kentucky 360 teams from all over the world, and my son finished fourth. <laughs> Which was... is unbelievable. Cinderella story. Like, Cinderella an incredible story. journey. Like, it yeah. also would have been a good documentary. <laughs> so, and like the kids in this documentary, my three of the four kids on my son's robot team went on to fantastic engineering schools, Carnegie Mellon, a Red uh-huh. Polytech. My son, of course, went to a school where he never had to take math and science again. But that's okay. <laughs> well, we need all kinds, Liam. We do, that's Julie. Right. We do. There's a lot he learned from that experience. So I don't want to give away this documentary, mm-hmm. but it's eight kids. They couldn't be more different. They all came to science for various reasons. You see story, you know, you see kids from rich private schools or wealthy public schools kids who get no support at home or at school or from their uh, teachers about mm-hmm. their interest in science, kids from really rough backgrounds that manage to use science to rise above. It's it's inspirational, but it's also really funny and charming. It was oh. absolutely delightful. 
It's what my favorite part of it was that all of the kids were so different. It was yeah. not just the stereotypical no. science nerd. Every one of these kids is fascinating and funny and charming in their own way. And then And do you get to meet the parents as well? Yes. Are yeah, they, yeah. They part of the story mm-hmm. too. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you get to meet one unbelievably awesome teacher. Yes. The science teacher at a high school in Jericho, New York, which is on Long Island. Yeah. Uh she's featured heavily in the movie because her students do well every year. And we were very lucky because National Geographic was doing this premiere that they brought in a lot of the kids and that particular oh, teacher for the premiere. Right. And it was so cool, Julie. At the end, at the little reception afterwards, there were long lines of kids who had come to the movie who waiting in line to get the autographs of the like science nerds in the movie. Yeah. It was very, very satisfying. And even the kids on stage afterwards, like we it's a it's a feature length documentary, so it's an hour and forty five minutes. So and I would say, despite what Liz just said, I would say middle school and up would be appropriate for this. Yeah. I, I think any okay. younger they might not get it. So but definitely like fifth, sixth grade and up, particularly if you have kids who are sort of struggling to find their place in the world, be they science kids or not, they might really relate to this. There are some great Would this inspire kids who may be on the fence of whether to stick with the math and science. Oh yeah. Uh, totally. To, to, totally. Okay. Because they make it okay. look fun and they also I mean, I, I don't want to give away any of the kids' stories because they're all so good, but they're also kids that are sort of doing that thing where they have terrible grades in school, but they're geniuses. So it's mm-hmm. not, they're not all cookie-cutter kids either. They all find their path to science in a different way, and they pull a lot of different things out of it. Uh, so after the movie, the kids came out on stage, and, and they gave us an update about where they were, and that was fantastic. But they were just as delightful in person. Like, yeah. you can see why they jumped off the screen when they were editing this. Like, the filmmakers didn't have to make anything up. Like, these kids mm-hmm. were just as charming in person, and the teacher was just as dynamic. So it was really great. It opens this week across the country. Yeah, it's opening in, real, for, it's opening yeah. in real movie theaters. We'll put a link in uh, the show notes that will show you all every place it's screening. So in larger cities, you'll be able to find it in a movie theater. In smaller towns, maybe not so much. But a lot of the, the screenings they're getting are at festivals. And I noticed, for instance, like Bend Film, which is the film festival in Bend, Oregon, in the middle of October, it's going to be at the film festival. So if you live in a place with the film festival, you might be able to see it. And anyway, you can just look in the link, look at the link um, in our show notes, and you'll be able to find out uh, if when it's coming to a theater near you. Yeah, the movie is called Science Fair. It was the audience award favorite at Sundance and at South by Southwest. Yeah. So it's just a winner. It's just a winner film. And it was neat to meet the filmmakers because, you know, they National Geographic only comes on board after they've won these festivals. Mm-hmm. Like they went out and produced this all on their own for their shoestring budget, and they and the the Christina Constantini, the director, she had gone, she had done this science fair when she was a kid, mm-hmm. and she realized how important it was in her overall development. So even though she was a filmmaker now and had worked on various serious topics like you know uh, mass incarceration, she decided she worked with a journalist. This Darren Foster to sort of dig this story out about the science fair and how it changes people's lives. So it was fantastic. One other celebrity Every, sighting at okay. the screening. This was weird. Angela Lansbury was there, Julie. We, Angela Lansbury. <laughs> we're like, Why? Why exactly. was she there? 
Why? But then in the credits, we saw why. We saw why because one of the producers, executive producers of the film was a George Lansbury. Uh-huh. Her son. Well, Liz said her son. I go, I think it's a grandson because <laughs> I think he's around 35. And it was just so funny because Angela Lansbury was much in the news last week after the whole CBS debacle with Les Moonves. And he right. said those things like the sexiest woman on our network is Angela Lansbury. Okay, Les Moonves, she is still one sexy lady. I mean, <laughs> she looked great in her blue She's cardigan. A crime saw. I bet she looked great in her blue yeah. cardigan. I know we're going to talk about the Emmys, but yeah. so did Betty White. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So I mean, and right. I think Angela Lansbury is like ninety years old now. Yeah. I mean, yes. Yeah, she's a sexy lady, Les. So you were wrong on <laughs> so many fronts. So anyway, yeah. super fun. Go see Science Fair. All right, now let's talk about the Emmys. They were on TV last night. As I've mentioned, I'm an Emmy voter because I'm a former uh, television executive. And apparently they do not throw you out of the Television (laughs) Academy, which I enjoy. Just hang on, Liz. Maybe they won't (laughs) notice that you're still in. Okay. (laughs) So a couple of things I'll say about the Emmys. Uh, First of all, there is so much good TV out there that you can't really complain about who wins the awards. That's That's what I decided. It wasn't necessarily always the people I wanted, but you can't say Claire Foy isn't great in The Crown, right? So so that's just my going in point. Uh, You know I was rooting for the Americans. Julie, you're also a fan of the Americans, I know. I'm a big fan, Liz. Were you satisfied with the number of awards they won last night? Not totally, because they got the award for Best Writing, which is a really key award, so good for them, and Best Actor, Matthew Reese, who plays Philip on that show. So that's great. But, you know, Carrie Russell, Carrie Russell was robbed because she you was know, she i mean she's like burning up the scenery chewing up this what's that expression yes, chewing up the scenery, chewing the scenery. Right. every single episode so i was watching twitter during the whole show and my favorite tweet about this julie was somebody i don't even know so i won't quote them tweeted this carrie russell never getting an emmy for the americans is like when elizabeth had to keep killing people while philip went line dancing and messing up the travel agency <laughs> yeah that's pretty much it so you know and the fact that they're a couple i'll admit it would have been great if they had both won, but they didn't. So I would say that the Americans got some important awards, but not all of them. Uh, Then another thing that happened in the middle of the show is the guy that won the Emmy for producing the Oscars, and by the way, it's his 14th Emmy, um, proposed to his girlfriend from the stage. Now, it was like being at a minor league baseball game. So I just wanted to ask you guys, you're both married. How do you feel about the the stunt proposal? Like, is that, would you have gone along with that kind of a thing if either of your husbands had sort of pulled off some highly public proposal? I think it's kind of nice. It's romantic. I mean, you know, uh, just, I mean, it's love, you know, and maybe, maybe that's okay. Maybe I wouldn't overthink it. That's yeah. what I'd Okay. Say. All I, right. You know, I like the baseball game proposal. That doesn't actually seem that special to me anymore, but this was sort of special. Yeah. I, guess. That, I mean, it's, you know, okay. it's romantic, yeah. you know, yeah. I even like the baseball ones. I, I mean, you know, I think they're, I just keep hope, keep love alive. Liz. That's <laughs> okay. I, I really just want, it was I mean, a highlight of the it, show for sure. I think it matters if it's a guy you really want to marry. Yes. I mean, to be perfectly honest, if yeah. you feel like you've been weirdly pressured into it or you're sort of unsure yeah. or something, 
Or if you're very comfortable what you're wearing. Right. She had to get up on stage. Oh, wow. Which is not something. She looked pretty, she looked pretty psyched about the whole thing. So I I think, I think that's, I mean, you could have that, a marriage uh, proposal, or you could have another boring speech where they're thanking their publicists. No, I agree. Right? I I mean. For as much as I love Henry Winkler and I was happy that he won something, he started by quoting his lawyer. I like, I just, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm not. I love that you know that that was his <laughs> That's who Skip name. Britton is. I know. He's a I, very famous entertainment yeah, lawyer. That but... just makes me laugh. Okay. He made it sound like it was like, you know, some hard-boiled crime novelist from the 20s. No. You know, yeah. hang in there. It's going to get better, baby, or whatever. <laughs> no, so. it's his Century City entertainment lawyer. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. Two other things I want to mention. My favorite, favorite, favorite tweet of the night, of course, came from a solid gold satellite, Mr. A gentleman who's been on our show several times, Carl Reiner. He tweeted this. Enjoyed watching the Emmy Awards and once again was so pleased not to see my name and photo on screen during the In Memoriam segment. (laughs) (laughs) That is funny. (laughs) That's funny. And then uh, one last thing. The commercials on these shows are often better than the shows themselves. And that was certainly true um, last night. Though, when I heard Capital One using Prince music, not down with that. that. I I could feel him spinning in his grave. That is not something that Prince ever would have agreed to. You are not alone. That, yeah. I, I noticed that on Twitter last night, even though I wasn't watching it. A lot of yeah. controversy about yeah. that. I just, I hate when people do that. Uh, but I did Especially enjoy... Especially if the artist does not want that. Yes. I mean, it has been Stones... really outspoken yeah. about... Right. Yeah. Oh, if you want to license your music yeah. for that, knock yourselves out. I don't disapprove of that. But, like, the moment the guy dies, like, who did he, whatever. So, not for that. I enjoyed seeing the new uh, ad for the new Mary Poppins yes, with Lin-Manuel exciting. Miranda. And, Julie, you yeah. had another Lin-Manuel ad that you loved. Yes, I loved his American Express ad, the Lin-Manuel Miranda ad, where he, he was a substitute teacher before he became big yeah. and famous. It, yeah. it, it, make, it brings tears to my eyes every time I see it. I know. I love him. Okay, that's my Emmy report. All right, we uh, are wrapping this up. We're going to go to our uh, to-do list here in a second. We would like to thank our sponsors for today's Satellite Sisters. That's Kopari, ZipRecruiter. Uh, oh, I do this every week. Thank you, Go <laughs> and Just keep talking. FabFitFun. We love our boxes. Oh, FabFitFun. Love them. Fun love them. And Salsa Basket. FabFitFun, Salsa Basket, Kopari, and ZipRecruiter. You can go to SatelliteSisters.com for all the links and the offers to the sponsors. Thanks mm-hmm. for supporting the people who support us. We appreciate that. We'd like to thank our audio engineer, Sergio Enriquez. Um, what's on our to-do list for the week? Joel, what do you got? Okay, well, I am coming out to Los Angeles next week for our sister Sheila's birthday. And, you know, she expects a birthday present. So mm-hmm. that's on my yeah. list. I've got to find a present for Sheila. Do you think she'd like some Campari deodorant, Leah? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> No. I think she expects better than I that. I think she does. <laughs> I, I know she does. So that's my to-do list. Liz, how about you? Well, you know, as part of that weekend of festivities, our sister-in-law, Susan, uh, who's in an improv group in Bend, Oregon, where she lives, uh, we were talking last week when she was here. She wants to see some live improv as long as she's in L.A. Oh. So we're programming next Friday night, sort of debating, like, do we go to UCB? Do we go to the improv? Oh. Do we go to the Groundlings? So I'm working on, like, the master entertainment plan. Oh, wow. I will, okay. I'll, I'll let you guys know what the plan is in case you want to join in. 
Loop us in. Loop All us right. in. And how about you, Leanne? Well, uh, I am mourning the loss of another fantastic magazine. Uh, it was announced this week that Cooking Life is... <laughs> Oh, I, I know, know you, you love. You have cooking a lot light. of good recipes from there, Leanne. For recipes. years, you've been doing them. Here, this was is it mag- going away entirely? Well, they're sort of folding it into another magazine called Eat Well. I mean, here's the deal: Cooking Light. That's a terrible name. It always <laughs> was a terrible name for a fantastic magazine. Yeah, you know, they actually had great features on health and fitness, and then these great recipes that I loved. And I would say, on the scale of magazine sadness, you know. Nothing will ever be sadder than gourmet closing. Yes. Okay, that's like nothing could ever that's the take 10. me down. That is the top of the list. Uh-huh. And this year we saw the demise of self. Mm-hmm. Sort of yeah. sad about that. Yeah. But cooking light above self. I'm sadder <laughs> about cooking light than I was okay. about self. But okay. I'll never be as sad as I was when gourmet folded. So okay. I guess there's that. But now I have to find like another magazine yeah. to support that. and it's Because just, you just believe in the print vehicle. I love seeing it. I yeah. love having it. I love flipping through it. And I, those were good recipes. I yeah. Like every month, I would make at least a couple of recipes mm-hmm. to give it a whirl. I mean, mm-hmm. I've been cooking dinner for 25 years. Yeah. People need help. I need help. <laughs> so RIP Cooking Light, thinking, thinking of you. Aww. Thinking of you. Yeah, that is sad. Our condolences, Liam. Okay, sisters. Thoughts and prayers <laughs> to Cooking Light. True. <laughs> it's very sad, Liz. Okay. Anything else? Anyone? Uh, no. Hey, don't forget to rate and review our show if you get a sure. chance. If you like Good listening one. to Satellite Sisters, we love it when you rate and review it on wherever you listen, whether it's Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or, you know, NPR One. We're available every place, and we love to have your ratings. And if you haven't subscribed yet, feel free to do that. Yes, don't, please. Don't yes. stop yourself. Just subscribe. <laughs> We're here every week. We're here every week. <laughs> We really will be. All fall. All right, sisters, have a great day. You too, Leanne. You too, Leanne. And don't forget, call your satellite sisters.